Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love coffee. I love Jesus. And I love sharing keys to abundant living with others. So if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as we talk about is God moving? What do we see? What do we feel? What is he doing? Before we dig into those three points, I want to talk about giving God permission to move in your life how he wants to move in your life. And then once you do that, watching him move in your life. See, we have to invite him in this things God wants to do in our lives, ways he wants to move, but we're not actually inviting him in to do that. What we're actually doing is getting frustrated at times when God's not moving in our life how we want him to move and when we want him to move. I have found over all the years of serving the Lord that it typically is not in my timing and it is not in the way I either wanted it to be or thought it would be. And I could go over example after example, but I do know this. God has been faithful. God has been trustworthy. God has been true to his word. And he has moved in every situation in my life. And in a lot of circumstances, honestly, in the midst of it, in the middle of it, I didn't see what he was doing, how he was doing, when he was doing. But out of the circumstance, on the other side, looking back, just like in the natural hindsight's 2020, but looking back, I'm like, wow, God really moved in that situation. Even though it didn't look like he was sparing, he was sparing. Even though it didn't look like he was elevating, he was elevating. Even though it didn't look like God was hearing the desire of my heart, he was moving on the desire of my heart. So, we have to invite God to move in our life how he wants to move in our life. And then we actually have to yield to how he decides to move in our life. I think a lot of times we really lay things down at the feet of God and we really genuinely desire God to have his way. We've probably all prayed it. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. I invite you in. And then we're like, but you're not moving, right? Five minutes later, because we're full of patience. Five minutes later, we're like, well, we've given this to the Lord and he's not moving on our behalf. But I think so many times his hand is actually moving before we even put the request at his feet. But it takes us putting the request at his feet and then let's take it another step further and leaving it at his feet. 
Because a lot of times we'll put something at the feet of Jesus. We'll truly rend our hearts to him. We'll truly yield everything. We're desperate. We're passionate. We need him to move in our life. And we're trusting him in that moment to do so. Then we walk away. Then we start to think about it. Then we start to worry about it. Then we start to become frustrated and we go right back to the feet of Jesus. And instead of putting it before him again, instead of asking him again, like Matthew 7, 7 tells us to keep asking. I love this scripture because we don't just ask the Lord one time and then walk away. We keep on asking. Matthew 7, verse 7. And this, by the way, is red letter. So this is the words of Jesus himself. Keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking reverently and the door will be opened to you. Verse 8. For everyone who keeps on asking receives. And he who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, the door will be opened. That's so powerful because getting back to what I was saying just a moment ago, what we end up doing is we do put it at the feet of Jesus and we do truly lay our heart, our desires at his feet. And then we get up and walk away and then we start pondering it. And then we start trying to analyze everything he's doing. And then we're waiting on it. And if we're waiting a moment too long, we become frustrated. And this is where the keep on asking comes in. We should be going back to his feet and asking again, rending our hearts again. But we don't. We go back to his feet and we pick up what we put down there. And now we put it on ourselves again and we begin to carry it ourselves. And we let frustration and impatience come in and even logic come in and we're trying to work it out in ourselves. We're trying to figure it out. We're wondering what the delay is. And so I was speaking with someone about this today. And when in Ephesians, Paul is talking about wearing the armor of God. In that chapter in Ephesians 6, he tells us, having done everything to stand, Stand therefore. So why are we given this warning? Basically, it's saying when you're in your frustrations, when you have run out of patience, when you don't see what God's doing, don't go by what you see. Stand therefore. Continue to petition the Lord. Continue to go to him. Continue to cry out to him. It almost seems like you're begging. We don't have to beg God, but we keep to keep our hearts pure, to keep our hearts in line, to keep ourselves yielded to the Lord. If we keep going back to the Lord and putting our heart at his feet over and over again, 
we keep on standing and then we stand therefore we do not sit down the moment we sit down it doesn't say having done everything to do having done everything to do to stand go rest for a while give up for a while try to work it out on your own no it says stand therefore the actual scripture is in Ephesians chapter 6 starting at verse 13 therefore put on God's complete armor that you may be able to resist and stand your ground on the evil day of danger and having done all the crisis demands to stand firmly in your place stand therefore hold your ground and then it gets into the whole armor of God having tightened the belt of truth put on the breastplate of righteousness and it goes on so there's gonna be some standing there's going to be some contending and the thing I love about reading something in the Bible is so clearly we're being warned in Ephesians chapter 6 to stand therefore when we've done everything we know in the middle of the crisis to stand keep standing we're not the only ones that's awesome if it's in the Word of God it's because God knew a lot of people would struggle in that particular area so it's encouragement for us I'm not the only one that's standing here and still standing here and getting frustrated about standing here and getting impatient about standing here and wondering why on earth God is not doing what I expected him to do maybe two weeks ago, maybe two months ago, maybe I expected it two years ago, and now I'm frustrated. The awesome thing is, see, we get isolated in the fact that we think we're the only one with that struggle and we're not. If you find it in the Word of God, if you find a warning to it or against it or for it you're not the only one struggling so don't allow the enemy to dupe you in that area you're the only one that has this battle why do you constantly have this battle we all have battles we all have struggles albeit they're different one from another in areas there's still others out there facing and contending the same thing you're contending and we all have had to stand and stand there for and then we have a place of victory and then guess what we're right back at stand and stand there for that's why actually it's um, in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 and I'm reading from the amplified version today if you're gonna go check these scriptures out but in Galatians 6 chapter 9 one of my favorite scriptures and let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right let us not grow weary in well-doing is another translation in well-doing for in due time, <laughs> that's a tough one right there, due time. Not, it doesn't say for in your time. It doesn't say to me for in Linda's time. No, it says in due time. When God knows it's the right moment, he will move on your behalf if you have not grown weary, grown tired, fainted in your well-doing. How can you reap a harvest if you have fainted? When you're fainted, you're laying out on the ground. You can't reap anything. So if it's harvest time and we have fainted, how can we reap our harvest? We can't. we got to be standing up, standing strong in our strength, in our might, in the Lord, so we can pull that harvest in. 
I'm here to encourage you today. Do not grow weary in your well-doing. Don't allow yourself to get tired. Go, keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking over and over again at the feet of Jesus. Because I promise you this, God is moving. He is truly moving. It may be behind the scenes right now. You may not understand the timing of it. It may be very frustrating as you constantly, daily are reminded that it seems like he's not moving, but he's moving. And if you will not grow weary in your well-doing, as Galatians 6, 9 says, the second part of that scripture tells us this. For in due time and at the appointed season, we shall reap. If, you can't miss the big ifs in the Bible. If is huge. If says you have a portion in this. If says, if you do your part, God will surely do his part. So it says here, if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. If we do not give up in due season, at the due time, we are going to reap every promise God has spoken to us. The first question I asked earlier is, what do we see? What we see is so important. Do we just see the struggle? Do we see the frustration? Do we see the difficulty, the mountain before us? Are we distracted? Or can we look around that thing? Can we look around the frustration? Can we look around the, the small mountain before us? Or maybe it's a very big mountain. Are we looking at the difficulties? Are we looking at the fear? Are we looking at the struggle? Or are we looking at the promises of God? Obviously, we have physical eyes, right? And they help us to see everything around us. And we tend to see with our physical eyes what we really need to be seeing with our spiritual eyes when we're trusting God. When we're trying to stand therefore, when we're trying to faint not, we need to look beyond what our physical eyes can see and open the eyes of our understanding, our spiritual eyes. Even ask the Lord to take the scales off our eyes just like he did Saul before he turned Paul so that we can see what we need to see in the spiritual so we can continue in our strength in our courage, and not become weary. We really, you know, there's a, a worldly saying, I'll have to see it to believe it. You know, show, I'll have, you're going to have to, actually Doubting Thomas kind of did that, right? Show me, I want to see the holes to really know that's Jesus. We have to step back when we're fighting that weariness, when we're fighting that frustration, and just tell the Lord, I trust you and help me to know and understand the truth of this situation. And if it's not for me to know right now, give me your rest and your peace to keep walking through it. What are we feeling? <laughs> I say this all the time. Our feelings will mess us up all the time. That goes back to the phrase I just said. 
Lord, show me the truth of this situation. I'm not negating feelings, but if they're, they go against biblical things of the Lord, if it's, you know, to be discouraged in a moment is one thing. To continue in discouragement is another thing. To be frustrated in a moment, angry in a moment, impatient in a moment, all of that is, is understandable, but to remain in that place is not. We have to get out of that place. We have to not stay uh, discouraged, uh, hope deferred, right? What happens? If our hope is deferred for too long, our hearts become sick. No, we, you know, we, we have to do, we have to do what David did. We have to encourage ourselves. Like, go look at them and know God's working. God's got this. I'm going to stand there for. He has done so much previously in my life. I'm going to do like David did when he went to face the giant. I'm going to pull on the lion. I'm going to pull on the bear. And I'm going to say, no, you don't understand. You don't understand how many things God has already walked through with me. He's surely not leaving me now. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how I feel. I know the truth and God is with me and God is always moving on my behalf. He has my best interests at heart. And if I'm yielding my heart to his way in my life, it no doubt will be accomplished. We must see with our spiritual eyes. We must hear with our spiritual ears. We, he will show us what our situations are. He'll show us what we need. He sh he'll show us where we need to be. He'll answer these questions for us. He'll counsel us, right? That's what the Holy Spirit is our counsel. The Holy Spirit is our comfort. The Holy Spirit is our protection. If we are not feeling comforted, if we are not feeling counseled, then we are not truly seeking the Holy Spirit in those things he has for us. I mean, Deuteronomy um, chapter 31 Verse 6 tells us, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. No matter how it feels. It doesn't matter how it feels. That's the truth of the situation. The truth of the situation is that God goes with us. The truth of the situation is that he's never leaving us. That he's never forsaking us. That's the truth of the situation. That's what I'm going to stand on when I feel like sitting down. When I feel like being done. And in those moments when I'm contending with discouragement. When I'm contending with disappointment. Or maybe I'm contending with fear. Oh, I've got the Holy Spirit and he's my helper. This is what Jesus said about him. As a matter of fact, he was so important to our lives and to our walk with the Lord and with God that Jesus actually said, it's better for you that I go so that the helper can come. Imagine that. Jesus was basically saying, the Holy Spirit can do more for you than I can up to this point. I've done what I can and I'm going to be crucified for your salvation, but you're going to need the Holy Spirit. So I've got to go so he can come and minister to you. That's how important the Holy Spirit is in our life. Jesus said, the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all 
things, all things, not just some. He'll show us what we need to know. If we don't know yet, we're not ready to know. Just like a little kid. Some things they can't know. Even a teenager, some things they can't know. So if we don't know it yet, if God's not showing us, then we're not ready to know. But he'll bring to our remembrance all that the Lord Jesus said to us. And then, of course, Jesus goes on to say, you know, peace I leave with you. I'm giving you my peace. We should have all these things in the Lord. As we see with our spiritual eyes. We have to see as God sees and we have to know the truth of every situation we find ourselves in. The truth is he's with us. The truth is he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And he is moving on our behalf. So I want to end this today reminding you and encouraging you to invite God to move in your life. Invite him to move how he wants to move. And then watch him do things you never thought would be done in your life. Every day, invite him in. Have your way, Lord. Have your way in my life. Do what only you can do. There's some things only God can do. Right? Those God moments where you're like, there, this was the hand of God. No doubt. I, that's what I want in my life. The things Linda never could have done on her own. And then I can stand and I can say, there's no doubt that was God moving on my behalf for his kingdom purposes. Have your way, Lord. Have your way in my life. Have your way in my heart. Have your way in every step I take. 